1: Dave Rosenbloom. We suck so your self quaranting doesn't have to.
0: Mark Grody.
2: I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and
0: um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they Come on.
2: Where's Toby? Well, so I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints. Things like that.
0: The three words that describe this show, and I quote stink,
1: stank, stunk.
0: It's Saturday suckage on the score.
1: We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, we suck so you don't have to and we have company, let's take roll, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score Saturday Suckage, Grobber, it sucks and it free bases. Mike Tomlin, us uh, sucking, Don Cooper, they all suck, Jake Arietta this sucks, really it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. You know, man, we're, we're bad. You gotta embrace it. Chris Rock.
0: I suck so bad, he used to pick me after the white kids. Mark Crody. Bears.
1: so let me that's the right answer on saturday's
3: suckage look uh
2: steve (laughs) i have to tell you sitting here right now i'm just i'm I'm just running like two minutes late on everything this morning and i just walked in here and um i i just want to Read your tweet because usually you and I will tweet back and forth, and maybe Uh you can do it in real time. It says, This is from Steve Rosenbloom. Hey, Mark Grody Sports. That's me. I have a scoop on who will be calling plays for the Bears. You yeah, do. You, do. you, 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 Soldier Boy. You're the smartest offensive mind on the sidelines every game. So connect the dots. Let's talk about it and the historically pathetic Matt Nagy at 11 a.m. on 670. The score very negative, very cynical on your part, Steve. I was hoping there'd be a little bit of sunshine. I have I'm looking at sunshine outside of the windows here in the Prudential Towers with a large coffee. The caffeine is just hitting my cerebellum and I I wish you were a little bit more positive about things.
1: What is there I could be positive about? You be Marky <laughs> I, sunshine. Okay. You'd be, you 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 tell us All right. what there is to be when when just to back they they lost so horribly they, that Matt Nagy, the historically pathetic Matt Nagy, had his showed he has no idea how to coach a future franchise quarterback. They lost a game on the road. They got sacked. They got they nearly they were surprised that the quarterback had out with his life. They have the worst offense. He won't name a quarterback. He won't tell you who's calling plays, and. I want to know where the positive stuff is. So all right, make you us all feel you, you
2: just won the show. I'm gonna take off. I'm <laughs> I I'm running two minutes early to get out of here now.
1: No,
3: here's the <laughs>
2: yeah. here, here's the here's the positive part. Okay. And we really like I don't think I've uttered a word of the opponents this week because there was so much to discuss about the yes. Bears bad game from last week. But the Lions suck. And I don't care about how much, how hard they try. Like, I can't believe, like, that's the only analysis that I've heard about Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions all week. Oh, they're uh-huh. 0-3, but oh, they play for this coach. Wait till they're 0-6. How hard will they be playing? It's like every single Detroit Lions coach and every single start to regimes for Detroit, it's the same. It's like, well, they're they're 1-3, but we really like what Matt Patricia <laughs> is bringing to this team, and uh, they really play hard for him. And he's going to get it together because he's smart, and now here they are, Detroit, doing the same thing with the Lions, and they do have Jared Goff, who the, the Bears have handled in the past, and their offense is not good either. They have a couple of players that you have to watch out for, like T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, and they have some nice offensive linemen as well, like Frank Dirty Frank Ragnow and Penny Sewell. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess I'm guess i copping out this morning a little bit and putting it on the Lions because the Bears can beat the Lions. And then it's going to be so weird on Monday when the Bears win this game. And we're all like, well, the Bears are 2-2. Two and two. We're really not that mad anymore. And, you know, it's going to be strange. Because don't you think the Bears will win tomorrow? And you're right about everything you said, Steve. But don't you think the Bears are
1: going to win tomorrow? I have huge doubts for several reasons. Okay. One is when, but when, when you mentioned DeAndre Swift, wasn't he the guy who dropped yes. the TD pass yep. that would have that would have eliminated Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy because they would not have made the play? That was a Bears win early in the year, right? Yes, and and they would go on to lose. They would get spanked in a comeback by Detroit as part of the legendary six-game losing streak that. The two Stooges, Ted and George, thought was just the greatest thing in the world as the reason to keep these guys around. But didn't DeAndre strip drop that TD yep. pass right? He did. Otherwise, they don't make the playoffs. Absolutely, and no it hope would, And it would yeah. have been kind of a
2: stunning loss
1: too for the Bears. It would have been a, it would right. have been a horrible
2: it, loss. That would have been a different, a a newer type of uh, Bears Monday.
1: Well, you sort of went grober there. He <laughs> did go grabber there. there. Okay, see, I think this is a must lose game if you <laughs> want a new coach no. and a new general manager. Okay. I think that's that's where it is. But I, I will tell you this, for whatever Dan Cannibal and whatever he's going to do about biting your kneecaps, and they are playing hard, and, and they sort of can run the ball. They've, they've got some skill on offense. But while their defense hasn't been great, it's been good enough, and they have eight sacks. Charles Harris has two. I bring that up in light of what happened to the historically pathetic Matt Nagy and his game plan and what happened to Justin Fields because they sacked Lamar Jackson four times in the third week. Mm. That's Lamar Jackson. Doing something. He's more elusive than Fields and not just because the Ravens know how to coach a quarterback. And see, that's another example of, of what... Lamar Jackson is a perfect example of why Matt Nagy is a failure, why he has been a failure. Remember how he got here? What game was he coming off?
2: I'm sorry. I was listening to the siren in the background. What? Yeah, I
1: know. I know they're coming. They're coming together because I'm not being positive enough about the <laughs> oh, the 32nd ranked offense and the coach is afraid to name a quarterback and a play caller.
2: I just oh, I start that over again and then I'll answer right. your question. I'm sorry, but so Brandon nice. Fryer Remember. and I are looking at each other and laughing right now because of the siren. We we lost That's it. it. Yeah. Go so, ahead. sorry,
1: Matt. The historically pathetic Matt Nagy came here apologizing for his play calling when his play calling cost the Chiefs a home playoff win they lost to Tennessee that's how he walked in his play calling his inability to see the game in front of him and call the plays that would ensure that victory was how he came to Chicago and then what happens that so Mitch Trubisky happens Chase Daniel Nick Foles Andy Dalton Justin Fields what's changed What's changed? They've all been bad. Mm-hmm. He's not been able to coach the game in front of them, coach the players in front of them. He's benefited by the stupidity of the two guys on top, who, who lauded a six-game losing streak and the fact that they didn't completely have to turn in the charter for the franchise, and he made him collaborate. He, they the. Ted and George made them collaborate, lauded the collaboration between the play caller who gave up play calling and the Hayden GM who put together an offensive line that couldn't protect the franchise quarterback. So this is this is where we are. This is where Matt Nagy is. It's It takes more than just wiping ketchup off some of the chins of Andy Reid to be an offensive to be a head coach, to be an off, to be a play caller, to know what you're doing on the sidelines. you you know what? You've been on the sidelines. You've watched all this stuff. What game? Were you seeing a different game than Matt Nagy last week? Were you seeing a different game than the one that was called?
2: Was I seeing a different game?
3: What do yeah.
1: you mean? Were you seeing a different? Were you seeing a game where the, where. The Bears quarterback could have been doing something else. Oh, like everyone in of course. the world saw of this. Of course, Except the one guy with the with the the magic oh, play yeah. card.
2: Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was it was jarring to watch that. And it there was a a helpless feeling watching that where you didn't even there there it be, there became a point during that game. Where I wasn't even expecting any positive yardage. Where I was just hoping that, I, honestly, God, that Justin Fields didn't get sacked. You know what I mean? Like when the when you're at about let's say the sixth sack of the game, you're like, okay, at this point, it's preservation, survival, and hopefully it won't be fifty-six to six. And that's no joke. You know what I mean? Like that. That is what. And one of the more amazing parts about that game is is that there wasn't a pick six. I mean, I truly thought because of how frazzled Justin Fields was in games like that, there's usually some sort of celebratory dessert at the end for teams that just like Going back to the, like, 85 Bears, there was always that where the game was won and then Reggie Phillips would intercept the ball and run <laughs> it into the end zone for no reason but to make the score look worse. That's what I thought was coming the Bears' way last week. And just preserve, let's get the hell out of here and regroup and see what can happen against the Lions. So, yes, absolutely, Steve. I agree.
1: Oh. I, I just, I, I, it's a perfect, it's the perfect storm for a loss. I just think it's so good for Bears fans who want change. I don't, I, I, I wasn't in the group that thought, and I'll ask you if you're in this group, can Matt Nagy, the longer he stays around, whether as head coach and play caller or just head coach, because he's going to influence the game plan, the play calling. I mean, the game plan, they, they did nothing to take. He was He couldn't take advantage of Justin Fields' ability. It's like he didn't recognize it. And supposedly he collaborated on that pick. So we've seen Matt Nagy inability to take advantage or play to the strengths of a quarterback taken first overall, first in the draft, the first quarterback taken in the draft, and now the fifth quarterback taken in the draft, both with escape skills, both with a, an ability to tax and pressure a defense. And that doesn't happen. Do you think the longer Matt Nagy coaches Justin Fields, the greater the chance that Justin Fields' failures will turn into irreversible will will turn irreversible. I don't th- he will
2: I don't think hit hit because I, I've seen the real skill, the raw skill from Justin Fields, no. I don't think it'll be irreversible. And I and I, that's not a thumbs-up to Matt Nagy. That is just that is just me. <laughs> and to the 224 texters, Grody all weeded up today. No, no, no. I am not all weeded up today.
1: No, the proper answer is not yet. <laughs> it's not no. We need
2: energy for the show, right? Like, at least during yeah. the show. So, yeah, I, just because I believe in the player, as coaches say, I don't think that there would be any irreversible damage done to Justin Fields.
1: Okay. All right. I'm not. I'm not there either. I think, I think the kid is is has done has shown in his career how s- mentally emotionally strong he is. Yeah. Obviously, how physically talented he is and how physically strong he is. So I don't think so either. Um, I the the greater challenge will be a historically inept franchise from the top down. You're dealing with with failures to to be able to set up. <clears throat> a respectable NFL, a winning NFL operation. It, it just doesn't happen on a regular basis. You just, And I don't want to hear family ownership. I, it's a failure of the family because the, the worst thing that happens to them is you look at like the, the Giants under the Mara's, you look at the especially the Steelers, and you go, wait, those are families doing the same thing. How come the McCaskies are so bad? Why are they still in the football business? Why are they still in charge? And then those of you like me hoping for a change, there is this sobering statistic, Mark. I want you, I want you to note this sobering statistic: Virginia McCaskey has replaced more sons as chairman than those sons have replaced coaches during a regular season. Mm. So that's. I still think it's a must lose game for the future tomorrow. And I, since we're talking bears, no hold on, on,
2: hold on, really quickly. So you think if the Bears lose to the Lions tomorrow, that's going to be it for Nag? Is that what you're saying, or you think that's just one step closer? I, I little... think,
1: it, yeah, I think it's one step closer. Because okay. he's if, not going to get fired. Actually, yeah, I got news for you. If it's not you. actually um, torches at 1920 football drive tomorrow, then at least the uh, at least the, the kerosene is is getting all kegged up, and they're going to be dragging it up there. So. Yeah, I think it's a it's a big step there. I, I don't think they they plan to do that because that's the whole thing. Would you fire Matt Nagy after losing to Detroit tomorrow and you've indicted everybody else, especially the Stooges, Ted and George, for screaming about how great this collaboration is? I mean, everybody's got to go. Virginia has to come down and say, we're cleaning house. You, 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 you're all gone. We don't need this. Um, so i don't think that's going to happen but i think in the in the big in the scheme, bigger scheme of things the future yeah okay there you go that's a step in the right direction towards getting rid of them because i don't see i i am trying to find hope you want to be you want to be marky sunshine i'm trying okay wh- where's the hope if if, if you're you're <laughs> looking at an offensive line and a and a hiding, hiding Ryan Pace can't explain he gets his starting left tackle he got off a fishing boat. Okay? Yeah. He drafted a kid, traded up to draft a kid with a bad back and was gonna move him from one tackle to the hardest tackle position to play. Now a kid won't play at all. I mean there are there are bad decisions everywhere when you have that quarterback. And you know what? There's still a chance they might be wrong about that quarterback. But we don't know because I, I think they've proven to be wrong about the GM. They're wrong about the coach. And, and they continue, the, the, the two guys at the top of this or, football organization, continue to be wrong about football decisions. I just think it's really, I, I'll look for sunshine. I'll yeah. be happy to embrace it. If you can point it out to me, Where where's the hope? Where is this going?
2: Larry Borum, Tevin Jenkins, coming soon
1: we <laughs> just to do a tackle spot near you, <laughs> yes. right? You know what? No, I, it's it is very
2: difficult. At like, not just last week's loss, but also the loss to the Rams, who I know are a good team. But yeah, it's really hard to find the the beams of sunlight brightening the Bears at this point. Uh, other than the the template was certainly set by Cleveland last week. And the hope is is that in some way, shape, or form, the Bears will adjust accordingly tomorrow, no matter who the quarterback is.
1: Okay, well, sure. All right, because Matt Nagy shown ability to adjust because he's done such a wonderful job since he's been here. Uh, so I heard ye- yesterday you were sitting in with Layla Rahimi. yes. And it was a wonderful show, and she certainly, she sounds like a lovely, a fun fun partner, a great person to work with. And you guys sounded like you were having a great time. So I also heard that what Mark heard went big time. Were you mad? I was thrilled. Okay, good. I was thrilled. I thought it was great. Look uh, at that. We're getting to we get to play the big stage. We're not off Broadway anymore. Yes, it's like Saturday. Suckage has a World Series ring. How about those big? How about the adult shows? Where yeah. their where, where's their World Series ring? So I was thrilled. I thought it was great. So, um, so tell me what you thought. How it went? How oh. it was received?
2: It was it was received extremely well. And it was yeah, it was tested as like prime. T- it was the pilot. Right? That's what it was. It was it was what Mark heard, the pilot, and the ratings were off the chart. Now the key is the follow-up today, and I will tell you that even though I exhausted a lot on what Mark heard yesterday, I have five fresh cuts for what Mark heard today on the Rosenblum and Grody show. I did not I did not abandon you or this show for what Mark heard.
1: I would have I would have happily been the replay show because it's, it would not be unfamiliar territory. <laughs> I will say we ought to do that next. Good. We're going to talk bears anyways. We ought to get to a prime time on Saturday suckage, you yes. know, the birthplace of great ideas. We we ought to get to what Mark heard. We're going to do that next. How about that? Yes. We're, all right. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. The Bears are beating us at our own game, but we'll try to rally. Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score.
3: Rack and yak. It's time for
0: What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Brody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me.
1: Yes, after a a primetime showing, getting a big slot on an adult show, What Mark Heard, the near-award-winning segment on Saturday Suckage, is right here on Saturday Suckage with the aforementioned Mark. Mark Rhodes, is right here. We're broadcasting. He's technically, specifically broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios presented by your local Hyundai dealers, but we are in spirit Together.
2: And you are in some northern suburban precinct right now, is what we're gathering. <laughs> yeah,
1: They'd love me to continue the broadcast while they've hauled me away in manacles.
2: <laughs> All right, here's what I heard. Let me just give you the rundown. We're going to do a, a White Sox cut first, and then I have four Bears cuts featuring Akeem Hicks, Justin Fields, and Andy Dalton. And Olin Krutz. So there's what you can anticipate. Let's start with the White Sox, and then we'll go back into the Bears. So this is what we call a reprieve from, from the Bears talk. And this specifically is Steve Stone on the score talking about Carlos Rodon and his arm being fatigued, but Stoney talking about how he knows to get hitters
0: out you get a good feeling he's not going to throw 99 again for a number of different reasons. Number one, because there doesn't appear to be any structural damage. Then you have to go to the fact that his arm is truly fatigued because over the last two years, he threw 42 and a third innings. So I look at this stuff and what was impressive to me was that he pitched. And there are times when, when you throw pretty hard and you have a great slider as Carlos did that combination of fastball slider this year was, I think the best, two pitches in baseball as far as lack of contact strikeouts a number of other things he's not going to have that at this point he might have that next year might have that the year after he just won't have that this year because he's got a workload that he hasn't had in a long time and it's unrealistic to assume that it's going to come back so watching him navigate his way through a performance without his great stuff should give everyone hope that he has learned a great deal over the last few years about how to get major league hitters out.
2: That sounds awful. I don't want to see I don't want to see Carlos Rodon going into the postseason without his great stuff that had him in the running for Cy Young Award for a long time this year. It's like he lost his superpowers and now everybody's reverting to, well, he's a pitcher now. He's going to learn how to... No! No, no, no. He's not at that point in his... He he has thrived with 98 this year, not 92. I don't want to see what I saw from him the other day I want to see the full-powered superhero Carlos Rodon I don't want to see a pitcher that's what you say about guys that don't have velocity and guys that are just you know the four and five in your rotation so I don't know how you feel about that narrative that I've heard a lot of this week in regards or since Carlos Rodon started but I it it crushes me to hear stuff like like I need the full power of Carlos Rodon
1: in some ways, it sounds like justifying giving a start to Dallas Keuchel. Mm. No, and in in other, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. But in other ways, because he's at the other end of the spec, Dallas Keuchel's at the if there's an arc here, of a guy, a guy just pitching on guile, and and experience and all of his wiles and stuff like that. That's Keiko. And by the way, yes. while you were looking, the last three games. He's given up no more than 2 or runs. He's got a decent ERA. His FIP is not so good, but he's making a late push for consideration there. The Carlos Rodon thing at the start of it's we're still at the start of his career because it seems like the injuries reset everything. And then this year like you were talking about that the, the speed, the stuff, the every the velocity, yeah. the location, the, slider. the command yeah. And that the slider was a wipeout slider, it became redundant. You just said slider and it was a wipeout pitch. And that has all been you, you I want that too. I, I that's that's like saying, Yeah, I want the best of Kerry Wood and then he has surgery and you go, Well, what am I gonna get? Right. Right and then you're gonna get a guy who's gonna learn how to pitch. And so that's He already how knows he, how to
2: pitch. Like, I, I well don't, but he knows how to really pitch good. with
1: ninety eight. Yeah. Mark you just said he <laughs>
2: Like he was really good pitcher. He knows yeah. how. Like, like everybody say, well, he's learning how to pitch. Now, what the hell are we talking about here? He right. knows I, how to pitch. It's like, but his pitching is not going to be as good when he's throwing ninety two.
1: Yes, and that means really learning how to pitch. You know, oh, I can God. when. Yeah, okay. Anybody? It was. It's, the, it's some kind of old baseball joke. Where, you know, anybody can can pitch with with um, ninety eight. Try pitching with my stuff. You right. Know, the guy who's throwing 90, 92. Yeah. Okay. I dare you. But I, if you have zero, you know, if he comes out with, with little shortness, if he pronounces himself fit, if he convinces the coaches, if he looks good, if he's not lying, and you really hate to find out in the first inning that he is lying, then if all that's a go, then you really have Michael Kopeck and Johnny Holstaff. On on hand, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, oh man, that's the the Carlos hey. Rodon game, the Dylan right. Cease game. Anybody but Giolito and Lynn. And by the way, that's the order I have them. If that's what, G- if
2: that's what we're doing here, like if if the Sox are going to have an opener like Kopech, we might as well bring back Ricky Renteria and just line up the bullpen and, and have the the march to the mound and bring everybody in in the game. So
1: nope. Well, I believe that. Tony La Russa can do it better. I can believe that Ian Katz can can handle it. He's more receptive to that. I don't think. I don't think this administration, the dugout administration, is averse to the opener idea. And and I guess it's really not that I want to find out how quick a hook Tony La Russa would have in the playoffs in a five game series, not a seven game series, depending who you know who the pitcher is and how how it changes with. With. I don't know, Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon, presuming everybody's healthy, and Lucas Giolito. I mean, I, I got him. He's pitching the opener. I don't care where it is. He's pitching the opener yeah. because he's been unbelievable. In, first of all, he, he, he's got an ERA against Houston. He pitched one game. He gave up one run. Um, he's been terrific, and that's what, in his last Eight games. He hasn't allowed. He's allowed three earned runs once. That's it. No more than that. That's pretty good. And he's been an, an opponent OPS under six, under six hundred. I mean, so he as long as he doesn't go all Kershaw on you tonight in his last start, he's my game one. Lenslin is my game two. So let me ask mm. you this: Does mm-hmm. it matter which stadium? What if what if the Sox win the next two games and Houston loses the next two games?
3: The mm. Sox, Sox get
1: one, two, and five at, at the rate. What yep. do you do? When when if you're gonna pitch Carlos Rodon oh, man. that pitcher a, and not just a throw. Hey, when... I,
2: I, I'm not saying don't start Carlos Rodon in one of these games. I'm not even like I'm not going that far. I'm just saying it sounds awful. And and they almost might have to start him. And I do believe in the <laughs> idea that he deserves it to some degree. And I'd rather take my chances with Carlos Rodon than Dallas Keichel, no doubt about it. I'm just saying it, it ain't going to be the same Carlos Rodon who you could probably go out there and say, yeah, he might just throw six shot-out innings in, in this game. Like, you can't pencil that in anymore. So I, I probably would give Rodon a start at some point in time. I haven't decided which pitcher I would prefer to start game one. You say Giolito. I tend to lean towards Lance Lynn. By the way, Lance Lynn's full name is actually Lancer. Did you know that?
1: Lancer. Yep, I I did not know that. Well, it's Lancer. a joke.
2: It's a joke. Uh, that is not true.
1: Uh, oh, okay, because yeah. that would be a hockey nickname if <laughs> <Yeah>. it wasn't <laughs> a given first name. He'd be Lancer. It would be um, Lancer, Cater, Taser.
2: Yeah, don't we have Josh Elson on from the Sox Machine today?
1: We have Jim Margallis. Oh, we have Jim Margalis. Oh, beautiful.
2: Yeah. So we will ask him who the starter should, or the opening day starter should be, and what do we do with <laughs> with Mr. Carlos Rodon. I see you're being well, attacked which, by a dog now. By yes, way.
1: we are. We have much much action around here, but it's the um it's, it's the way things go. So, we. so which would you pitch him in Houston? Is the question. Which one? See if it, Rodon. No, I can I throw those guys. You know, the other. You would not let him. You would not let the left-hander. Pitched all those right-handers with a short box in the Crawford box. No. Crawford boxes in left.
2: That's a good point. No, I would not. Would you? So he'd
1: have to go in game one or two, and he's probably not game one. And, like, do you hope – so he's game two and he's at the rate. That's what you do.
2: Yeah, I guess. God, now it just got hard. Hmm.
1: <laughs> yes, it did. Welcome it really to Tommy LaRusso's world. You know, there was a time where I really thought – Carlos Rodon, he was pitching, and I knew that it was all new, and it was the no hitter, and he was just such a great story. And look at him and the whole Cy Young talk, and that's where he is, an all star, and like, this is great. And I, 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 I remember the Yankees, the dynastic Yankees. They seem to have a different game one pitcher every World Series, but game two was always Andy Pettit. <laughs> right? That was. Joe Torrey's guy. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was going to get from Andy Pettit. He got it. That's who he wanted in game two. And it was simple. This is the most reliable guy I have. Because game one could have been David Cohn. It could have been Roger Clemens. It could have been David Wells. Whoever was going good. And that's why I like Giolito. Giolito is going great right now. That's what I want. It's not... It's what have you done for me lately and lately. and, And we're talking eight starts. So it'll be two months that... I. I love what he's done and I love what he did in game one last year. I mean he showed he showed terrific moxie and I love what he did. And then after that I, w- I really had hopes Rodon would be he would be the Andy Pettit. He would be that yeah. guy because you were getting that. So what if he's just got maybe the fastball isn't fast or as fast as it was. Then do you and he's got the slider. Then what? You happy enough with that? You rely on that? You still afraid? You I, Well, what?
2: like I said, I, I think that he is still a worthy playoff pitcher. Ooh. I just won't look at it the same way when he goes into pitch. I won't be ex- – how about this? I won't be expecting domination in any way, shape, or form from Carlos Rodon. Can he gut it out and be good? Yes, Absolutely but it's no longer that that feeling you get when a ace type of pitcher goes out to the mound. I just am not going to have that feeling with Carlos Rodon. I mean, how can anybody when you and, – and who knows? May, maybe the velocity goes up you know somewhere to 95-plus at some – who knows? That's always possible. But when a pitcher loses velocity, like in the midst of a season – that's that's really tough to recover from on the fly. Can he like go forward in his life and be an effective top of the rotation type of guy with lower velocity? Absolutely, yes. But I don't think you could just do that on the fly when he's not used to it. He's used to having that superpower, and now he has hopefully temporarily lost it for his sake and for the sake of his career and for the White Sox.
1: Well, I would. I would much. I would. Rather have Steve Stone answer this, but but I, my question would be, if if he's at 93, 94, and his slider is 86, 87, that seems to me like enough of a difference. And then there's the break, and he's become he. That's the way you become an effective pitcher. And the playoffs are different. During the regular season, it's easier to talk about domination. But the playoffs to me have always been survive and advance. Doesn't matter how, you just get more runs than them. If you have more points at the end of the night than they do, you win. You survive and advance. And that's what you're looking at. And that's the way bullpens are run. That's the way pitching staffs are handled. But I think in Rodon's case, if there is a seven to eight year a seven to eight mile an hour difference between his fastball and the slider, you're talking about a similarly effective kind of pitcher and maybe not the dominant no-hit stuff, but you don't need no-hit stuff.
2: Well, guess what? We have found your sunshine, and I'm going to accept that. The sunshine is finally beaming through your siren-laden <laughs> dog-barking house, and that that makes me happy. So I'm just going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right, right. there.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. We have more of What Mark Heard. This may be the whole show of What Mark Heard. Thrilled that it made its primetime debut yesterday, one one of the adult shows, so we're just going to stretch this out. But seriously, the top of the hour, we will talk socks with Jim Margalis of Sox Machine, and later on in the hour, we'll talk Bears, my friend, with uh, USA Today columnist Nancy Armour, who tweeted out that wonderful picture of, of Eli Manning Showing off his two middle fingers, mm. yeah, and she said, "This is this is my my feeling when there's no Manning cast until two months in for another two months." There isn't. And that's what she's. That's what she tweeted out. We'll talk to her about okay. that, right. and we'll talk about the the Bears. And maybe that was her feeling about the Bears too. And who could blame her? He's Mark Rody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score.
0: So this team's going to be built on. uh, We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right. And and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality.
2: Don't start Justin Fields. Protect him.
3: (laughs) Protect him.
1: That is uh, Dan Cannibal. He is the coach of the Lions. This guy. And that's what he said in the introductory press conference. You know, if you go back and you watch that and then you listen to the Eagles coach Sirianni, who wants to play rock paper scissors to determine stuff, and and the way Sirianni was discussing, you know, then he he wears the beat Dallas shirt all week, and then the the Cowboys tweet out a a corrected version of the picture beat by Dallas. It's just like these, (laughs) is this really the new wave coach? Is that when the Bears fired Nagy? Are they going to end up with this kind of stuff? I mean, we've we've it's the the play calling is horrible for the Bears but Nagy isn't as just a isn't as much a clown as we've seen around I mean he's not Mark Trestman right so
2: absolutely no that's the whole thing about Matt Nagy like yeah it was it's been bad but Matt Nagy is a wholly likable guy who says things that you want to hear and he's really good with the media and all of that so it makes it doubly tough but I am gonna make I'm gonna make it a point tomorrow when I'm on the sidelines to go over and uh, probably keep my distance, but I, I would like to meet this man, Dan Campbell.
1: So, yeah, just, I, I, I How you doing, I Mark? I your hands hands and feet inside the tram. Who you reasonable. say you're with? You're with the Bears.
3: Oh
0: yeah. When you yeah? knock us down, we're gonna get up, and on the way up, we're gonna bite a kneecap off. All right.
2: Hey, Dan. I'm Mark Roddy with Score and <laughs> WB. How about I punch you? <laughs> That's what's coming tomorrow for me. Wow!
3: <laughs> I'm gonna camp you.
1: Wow! That's that's quite a thing. Well, what was he like? Don't the coaches do? What was he like in the midweek coaches call? Right? They they do the conference call.
2: You know they don't do the conference call anymore in the media room. So I was not a part really? of.
1: What do they no, do now? How do we get the insights from Dan Cannibal? Yeah,
2: that's that's a good point. You would have thought that you would have heard a lot of that this week, but I don't know. Maybe we've got it somewhere. I'll ask uh, Mr. Fry Guy during the break. Maybe we could come up with some Dan Campbell on the Bears before we're are we out of here at two o'clock today or one o'clock, by the we
1: way. We are we're out of here too, bears all access come oh, next. And we excellent. have a question. We have a question that is worth hijacking further hijacking what Mark heard. This is going to be a a show-long segment. That's fine. The way it's going to go because of our guests and everything else. But the 206 texter, by the way, our text number, 312-644-6767, that's the same as our phone number that will get you into the studio and get you on the air and um, dust off some of the buttons we have to push to do that. We have a breaking caller sounder that will alert us that Brandon Fryer will set off. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Two oh six, Texter. Has Juan Castillo continued to gaze deep into Mark's eyes and read his mind?
2: (laughs) We have that in here somewhere as well. I think I played that. Yeah, I did. I played that. Okay. Yes, Juan Castillo.
1: You, you better – I want you to reset this for the audience because, again, the Saturday Suckage and part of the Wake and Bake Club have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So I'm not presuming – they may not even know that the Bears lost last Sunday. We're updating them on that. Yeah, so – However, this special this special Hallmark moment brought to you by Juan Castillo and Mark Grody <laughs>
3: – Yes. – is
1: worth resetting. I
2: don't know if we – you know, Brandon Fryer's a one-man show today. Oh, we do have it. All right. So my conversation with with Juan Castillo
0: here it is. They're upset, just like you know, just like everybody is, and it's important to us. And we're gonna go and outwork everybody, just like you know, just like when I ask you the question, you know, I don't think I asked you the question. What did you do? You know, I know you had a bad day, you know, and somebody asked you about that. What would you tell them? What would you say? I have to know the specifics. Well, <laughs> well, the specific is that you just had a bad day at work, uh-huh, uh-huh. okay? And so you know. People asked you about your bad day. What would you say? What would you say to them? I'd say lots
2: of things went wrong. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Is that the right answer?
1: Well, you know me. You know the right answer because I, I could, I could see it in your eyes, and it means I will work my
2: ass off and I will outwork everybody so I can get it right. I mean, that's what you tell me. That's what
0: I see in the eyes. Maybe, maybe your blue eyes are lying to you. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) you know. But you, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, we do too. You know. Uh,
3: Bears.
2: Yeah,
1: don't it make your brown eyes blue? Crystal Gale text in.
2: <laughs> I love my conversations with with Juan Castillo. He is yeah. Uh, the,
1: so I, I, the is there a backstory to this bromance or no, he's just it's, riffing uh, on.
2: Honestly, it, he does this with a lot of reporters. Like he he gets personal in a fun sort of way, and uh-huh. that's just that's just his style. With the media, and I've had a, a few of them directed towards me. So, and it's it's always it's always interesting when we because we don't get a chance to talk to the assistant. We get to talk to the coordinators every week, but the assistants are like the once every two or three weeks or something like that. So, I try to make it as special as possible so we can bring you doozies like that. So, hopefully, Juan <laughs> has a hopefully Mr. Castillo has a better <coughs> excuse me plan for tomorrow against the Lions.
1: Yeah, excuse <laughs> yeah. me. I wonder if he was one. of What did you think? I we're gonna real quick before we get to a break, and then we have Jim Margolis. But the the clarify or what information? What can you frame or shape for us the idea that Nagy, among all the wonderful conversations he had at Hallis Hall this week, that resulted in the worst offense, refusing to name a play caller. He went to his players to ask them what they'd change. And the fact that Niggy is still here means he didn't take them up on their advice to quit. So he's still here, and he asked the players, and is that as clear as we think it is, that he just went to them and said, hey, guys, what do you want to do? Let's draw up plays.
2: It's, it's so hard to tell because... None of the offensive players that we spoke to this week were specific. It was all just we support the coach, and, yes, we had good talks, and I don't know what any of that means other than to think that David Montgomery would like to have the ball seven or eight more times, Allen Robinson would like to be targeted more, Um, Cole Komet would like a passer. You know what I mean? Like every one of these guys probably wanting – Theirs. But I think it's, it, it has to start with what you were talking about to begin the show, that it the, the protection scheme was ridiculous last week. It it didn't work. Now, as and I don't know if you heard uh, Layla and I talk about this yesterday, you know, there is plenty of culpability for Justin Fields as well. And one of the things that was said by Greg Cosell, who's one of the great tape watchers in the league, is that the right way to say he, sure. he He mentioned how... That Justin, This is a key thing here. Justin Fields does not yet know what open means in the NFL. That guys are not going to look glaringly wide open. He has to know that little bit of light to throw the ball. And specifically with somebody like Allen Robinson, who doesn't need a lot of room or a lot of space to make plays. And that goes with with a lot of these guys, that he doesn't quite know what open is. He, he was taking too much time to get rid of the ball. And, look, he's third in line. Uh, I get it. Like, Matt Nagy, one, offensive line, two, Justin Fields, three, in terms of blame to go around. But Justin Fields got to get better, too.
1: Uh, we talked about the fact that Justin Fields wouldn't know what an open receiver looks like. We talked about that after he was drafted, and that would be something he would run into but there's another part of his game that I blame the mixed messages from, from, um, from the interim coach. I think he's done a lousy job of coaching up the quarterback, and I think part of it is that the quarterback is trying to be what that coach wants, and then the coach doesn't know what to do with it, but we'll discuss that <laughs> later. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk White Sox, playoff-bound White Sox. They got an outside chance of hosting games one, two, and five, but wherever it is, and maybe it matters, maybe the location matters. We'll find out what Jim Margalis of the Sox machine would do with his rotation. I'm Steve Rosenblum, he's Mark Grody. Thank you for listening to Saturday circuits Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up
1: America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.